pray for your pastor. He's in the back trying to get his children to sit in church, and, and I'm right there with him. I have a seven-year-old and a three-year-old, and uh, pray for him, please. Uh, my name is Bryant Fratellone. We are the Fratellone family, missionaries to Sicily, Italy, out of Landmark Baptist Church in Stamford, Connecticut, of all places. Uh, grab a prayer card, please, and if you do nothing else for us, pray for us. We need your prayers. Uh, so that's me on the card and my beautiful wife, Nicole, and my beautiful children, uh, Ethan and, and Annabelle. And so they make me look better. Uh, so you can just go like this and look look that, okay? Uh, on the card, I, I have to get this out of the way because I'm, gonna, I'm going to forget. My wife knows I'm going to forget, so that's why she told me last night and this morning to do this. Uh, on the back of the card, I believe my phone number is on there. Yes, my cell phone number is on the back of the card there, right on top. And when I go away without my family, especially without my wife, she always tells me, take pictures. So I don't know if she just wants to make sure I'm where I'm supposed to be or what, but I'm a terrible picture taker. So if you're so inclined in the, in the audience this morning, if you are so inclined to take pictures, Snap pictures of me, not because I'm a narcissist, but so I'll have some pictures and you can send them to me on my cell phone. If, if you would do that as a favor, if you'd like to do that, that, that would be very helpful to me. Um, Pastor, I will be at the spaghetti dinner, by the way, just so you know. Okay. Uh, thank you, Everhart family, for taking me in a little later last night than, than I said I was going to come in. They're very gracious. Uh, gave me a comfortable bed to sleep in and, and good snacks to snack on and good fellowship last night. So I appreciate that. And I look forward to spending time with them. And everybody else that's going to take me out and feed my belly so I don't get crabby, I appreciate what you're going to do. All right? Thank you. Um, I'm going to turn to that passage, Matthew chapter 14, this morning that uh, Brother Champion read, read so beautifully. Uh, but... You turn in your Bible to Exodus chapter 21, because that's where we're going to be in the scriptures this morning, Exodus chapter number 21. But uh, Matthew chapter 14 is, uh, the Lord's impressed that passage on my heart to kind of set a tone for our, our meeting uh, these, these next few days, uh, especially verse number 35 and 36. And it says again, when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent out into all the country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased and besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment and as many as touched were made perfectly whole. When the men of that place had knowledge of him. Do you know him this morning? Do you know him as Lord and Savior this morning? If you know him as Lord and Savior this morning, do you know him like you ought to know him? I believe this morning with all my heart that there is a plague on our churches where we have folks that say they know the Lord, but in works they deny him, as the Bible says. And I, my heart this week and these next few days is really that if you don't know him as Savior, you would know him. My heart also this week and these next few days that I'm with you is that if you do know him, you get back to knowing him as you ought to. We say we know him, but do our actions, do our emotions, does the way we live, does it bear out that we know the one that we say that we know? 
Folks, I want to be a blessing this week, and the only way I know how to do that is, number one, to tell you what Jesus did for you, and number two, to tell you what Jesus did for me. Amen? Amen. Uh, Exodus chapter 21 is where we'll rest in the scriptures this morning. And as uh, your pastor said, uh, I'm a filler, uh, and Pastor Getz, uh, pastor Getz made, a re- made the recommendation, so I, usually what I say is, if you don't like me, blame the pastor, because he invited me, okay? Amen? But this time, I'll, I'll take it off Pastor Hoppy, and I'll say, if you don't like me, write Pastor Getz a letter and tell him, okay? Don't get on your pastor, get on the other pastor, amen? Uh, but... Hey, listen, you can like me, not like me, it doesn't matter, as long as when I leave, you love the Lord, amen? Amen. Exodus chapter number 21 for our message this morning. Uh, Now these are the judgments which thou shalt set before them, if thou buy an Hebrew servant, six years he shall serve, and in the seventh he shall go out free for nothing. If he came in by himself, he shall go out by himself. If he were married, then his wife shall go out with him. If his master hath given him a wife, and she hath borne him sons or daughters, the wife and children shall be her masters, and he shall go out by himself. And if the servant shall plainly say, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I will not go out free. Then his master shall bring him unto the judges, he shall also bring him to the door, or unto the doorpost, and his master shall bore his ear through with an awl, and he shall serve him forever." I'd like to preach this morning on this thought. If you say you love your master. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you, God, for the opportunity set before us. Lord, not only for me to be behind this pulpit and preach a message to these people, God, but for these people to sit here and, Lord, uh, receive a message, God, from you. And so, Lord, I do ask this morning, God, that your Holy Spirit, God, would prevail. Lord, not my physical presence, God, not my personality, Lord, uh, not the, uh, the, the, the way my voice comes across, God, but really, God, utterance from on high, so that when uh, these folks leave here this morning, they'd say, boy, you know, God really said something to me, and God really spoke to me, and God's really moving in my heart, because, Lord, that's where the changes happen, in the heart, God. So we ask, Lord, that you add your blessing to the word of God. Lord, if there's here, one here this morning that does not know Christ as Savior, God, I pray that today would be the day of their salvation. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Uh, amen. I'd like to focus this morning, uh, again, on that, pa- that verse number five. If the servant shall plainly say, I love my master. Now, these are the laws in Exodus chapter 21 that govern uh, owning a Hebrew servant uh, back in that that Old Testament day. And uh, when I look at this uh, slave, when I look at this servant, and I think about what what has happened here and how the servant got to be in the master's house and and to be uh, serving the master, uh, I picture in my mind uh, that slave pen, that slave market, and what I like to have us picture in our mind, folks, is uh, maybe this platform uh, being the slave market, maybe being the, 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 uh, the place where the slaves are shown, and they're, all, they're coming up on the platform, and maybe in chains, and they're all lined up, uh, mostly probably naked and, and dirty, and nobody really knows their name, nobody really cares about what their name is. They're just seeing, seeing looking at them, a parade of flesh to try and figure out who's going to profit them the most. 
And when I, when I look at that assemblage of, of slaves on that slave uh, platform, you know what that picture is for me? That picture is you and I in our lost condition. Listen, folks, we might be dressed up nice and pretty this morning. We might have our suits on, our dresses on, our, our deodorant on, our hair combed right, just right, amen? But the Bible says as far as our righteousness and our flesh goes, all our righteousness is as filthy rags in his sight. And the, the truth of the matter is, folks, before we were born again by the grace of God, if you are saved by the grace of God here this morning, uh, the Bible says we were sold under sin. And we were sold, in these folks here in this slave pen, they were sold into slavery because of their inability to pay a debt. By and large, in Old Testament days, when, when a, a person was sold into slavery, that was the reason. They had a debt they could not pay. And so in order to pay that debt, they had to become beholden and a servant to somebody else. Folks, let me remind you this morning that you and I had a debt that we could not pay. And that's our sin debt. Amen? Amen. Listen, when I witness to folks, when I tell them about their lost condition, and uh, this morning, if you're here without Jesus Christ, may I just say this? You are lost. You say, brother, I'm not lost. I know where I live. I know, knew how to get here today. I know exactly where I am. I'm talking eternally lost. And we read that passage in Matthew chapter 14 about knowing him. If, you're not, if you don't know Christ this morning, I would ask you this morning, do you know him? Oh, yeah, I know about Jesus Christ. No, do you know him? Well, no, I, I go to church. Do you know him? Listen, I could go and visit the White House. That doesn't mean I know President Trump. I could go to the YMCA and I could practice swimming all day long, but that doesn't mean I know Michael Phelps. So going somewhere is no proof or indication, and it shouldn't be in your heart, my friend, that you know Jesus Christ. Do you know him? Do you know him based on what he did for you? But I'll talk to people and I'll witness to them and I'll, I'll break out this thing called a credit card. I'll say, look at that. You know what that is? That's a credit card. I go out, I buy things on this credit card, I charge it up, maybe it gets up to its upper limit, and uh, you know what? Somebody's got to pay, pay off that debt, amen? Somebody's got to pay the price. And friend, if you're here this morning, you know Christ, you know what your sin has done to you? It's made you unclean in the eyes of God. You owe a debt to Almighty God, a debt that must be paid. Every sin you ever committed, I don't care how big, how small, I don't care where you've been, I don't care what you've done, it goes on your account with God. Somebody had to pay that debt. Jesus Christ paid the debt that you and I could not pay in order to make you clean and fit for heaven. Amen? But you and I were in that lost condition before we were born again, saved by the grace of God, and we were slaves under sin, the Bible teaches us, and uh, we needed to be, uh, that sin needed to be paid for. And uh, if you're here this morning and you are saved, I remind you this morning that the Bible says you're bought with a price. And the worth of that slave, on, once they were on that slave block, was no more than the price that was paid for it. And you know what? Jesus Christ paid the ultimate price for you and I. And he gave a lot more than he got. Amen. Uh, over in uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, I'll read 1 Peter chapter 1 to you. Uh, verses 18 and 19. 
For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And then 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. You don't have to turn there, but I'll read it to you. Verses 19 and 20. What? Paul says to the Corinthians, What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? You are, for you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. The Bible says in the New Testament, For one is your master, even Christ. And Christ our master, folks, bought us with a price. That price was his precious blood shed on Calvary's crosses. Just picture it right there. And so we're bought with a price. We're not our own. We're without identity other than the price paid to own a slave. So here we see the slave purchased. Here we see the slave brought into the master's house. Here we see the slave serving the master. And the Bible goes on. If his master have, and if the servant shall plainly say, I love my master, my wife, and my children. And folks, that's the proper order. If you're born again, if you're saved by the grace of God this morning, the master comes first then the wife, and then the children. Amen? But if I say, I love my master, and if you say you love your master, folks, there are things in this passage that come along with that statement, that come along with that profession, that come along with that commitment. And I just want to remind you of those things this morning because we uh, come along in our Christian life and, and we get this idea that we're something that we're not. And we forget who he is and what we owe him and what he is allowed. If you say that you love your master, if you say that you love your master, I'd like you to see number one in our passage, the confession of love. Verse number five. And if thy servant shall plainly say, I love my master. Remember when you first got saved? Remember when you first fell in love with Jesus Christ? You know, the Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter number 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. With the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen? I remember the day. I remember. I was saved. I was telling the folks last night. I've been saved almost half my life. I got saved 25 years ago. I'll be December 1st. Write it down. December 1st, is, I'll be 50 years old in this world. I'll live forever. It doesn't really matter, right? You're gonna live. But, you know, as far as this temporal world's concerned, I'll be 50 years old. I got saved at 25 years old. I was a lost Roman Catholic in my religion, practicing my religion, never knowing where I was going to go. And I was in a secular in a college, living a secular college lifestyle as a single young man would do, just living in my sin. But brother, you know what, brother champion? I thought I was okay because I wasn't as bad as the guy sitting next to me. Yeah, you know, I, I knew that Jesus Christ had died for the sins of the world, but me, 
I was okay. Me and God were like this. As a teenager, I got, I got disillusioned with the Catholic Church. Uh, I, I'll never forget it. You know, I, we used to have this homeless guy uh, coming to church, dirty, smelly, messy. He'd sit in the back of the, the, the church. I put in quotes now, the church. He'd sit in the back of the church, and then the deacons, they'd go back and they'd take him out. Even as a teenager, I thought to myself, well, boy, that's not very Christ-like. Here's this fella, he's got nothing. He, you know, yeah, okay, maybe he wants to get in out of the cold, but hey, I think God would, God would want us to keep him in here so that he could hear the word of God and he could stay warm, but no, he wasn't our type of people. So that's one of the things that turned me off as a young person. And so as I got into my college years, I stopped going to church. But then as time went on, you know, I, I believed in God, I believed in heaven and hell, I believed in Jesus as much as my mind could comprehend, I, I believed he was real, and uh, I started to have a void in my heart that I said, you know what, maybe I need God back in my life. And I started going back to the Catholic Church, but I go in and I come out the same, and I wasn't changing, and I wasn't getting what I needed or what I wanted, and I did not know what I needed. Then I met this girl in college. She was born again by the grace of God, and she'd always gone to church. And she, uh, she'd tell me what the Bible said, brother, and I'd tell her what the, the, my church said. And, you know, of course, you know if you're saved and you're Catholic and, and you were Catholic, you know the twain don't meet. It's just things don't add up, amen? And so that went on for a while, and uh, she moved to town to be closer to her job in Stamford, Connecticut, where I grew up, 40 miles outside of Manhattan. And uh, she said to me one January, she said, listen, she said, I found a church that I like, and they're having a revival meeting tonight. Would you come out to that revival meeting? And I said, well, I'm not getting anything out of my church. I might as well, you know. But uh, two things confused me because I was, I was ignorant, and I only knew what I saw on TV. So it was a Baptist church, and so I said to myself, well, okay, it's a Baptist church, so why is this girl going to an all-black church? And then I said, number two, I said to myself, well, the preacher's only going to want my money. So I got one out of two right. Amen? So I went there that night, and uh, the, 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 the evangelist was up there. He was preaching. He was stomping. He was snorting. He was sweating. And he was telling us about Jesus Christ and what he did for us. And man, I never heard it like that on that wise before. I left that night with two things in my heart. Those people had something I didn't have, and I needed to find out what it was. And... I had this pressing realization, folks, that I was a sinner. And I, in my sin, put Christ on that cross. And I needed to do something about it. I started going back to the church. I got myself a Bible because everybody else had a Bible. I started reading that Bible. And... Uh, so that went on for about two months. I went to morning service, evening service, Wednesday night service, and uh, I was more faithful than some of the people who were coming there, and I was lost. But I, I need to know, what, what is it? What is it that they have that I don't have? And uh, so the preacher would preach, and I was skeptical because, again, I was watching TV, so I saw what these TV guys were doing, fleecing people, so I said, this guy's not going to rip me off. So he would preach, my pastor would preach, and then I'd go home and I'd take, I'd take notes. I'd go home, I'd go over his message. Every single message he preached, I'd go over it to make sure he wasn't lying to me. And little did I know this is the Holy Ghost's way of wooing me to Jesus. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Two months later, it was a Wednesday night, I'll never forget it. My pastor is up there preaching, and he preached the difference between having a religion and having a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
And he used the Catholic Church as an example because he was an ex-Catholic. And if you're Catholic in here today, listen, I'm for you. I was one too, but you know what? It's not enough. It's not enough for me to knock on your door and you say to me, goodbye, I'm Catholic. That's not going to get you to heaven. Water, baptism, because you were baptized as a baby. You're not going to find that's the way to get to heaven according to what God says. So he preached that message and I knew that night I had to set aside my religion and I had to take Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. That's the first night of my life I felt and I said, Jesus, I love you. If you say you love your master, there will be the confession of that love. And that's just the start, folks. You'll confess that love. I hope I've taken you some of you back to when you did that. Number one is the confession of love. Number two, then, is the test of love. Look at our, our passage again. If the servant shall plainly say, I love my master, my wife, and my children, verse number five, I will not go out free. Verse number six, then his master shall bring him unto the judges. Because the master owns the servant, body, Jesus Christ owns us, body and soul. Do you understand that? You're his now. He has a right to you, and he has a right to do whatever he wants to do to you. Then the master, you know what he has the right to do? The master has the right to test that love. This master brought the servant unto the judges to make a judgment call on this servant. And folks, when you say you love your master, then he has every right to test your love. My, fam my wife and I, uh, you'll, you'll see our, our uh, display back there. Uh, the kids aren't on the display. It's not because they're ugly or we don't love them or anything. The kid, the, I got a long story for you folks. The, kid, the, kids, uh, the kids came after we got called to the field. But anyway, in August of 2009, my wife and I got called to the mission field of, of Italy during our annual camp meeting at our church. A missionary from Rome came. He did his presentation, and uh, we got in on the end of it. And then my pastor got up, and he's always had a heart for Italy. My pastor got up, and he began praying and crying that God would raise someone up either from his family or from the, our local church to go to Italy and be a missionary. Well, that morning, God began to work on my heart. I didn't say anything to my wife. I, put out, I, I, I prayed. I said, Lord, if you want us to be missionaries to Italy, you tell me this week through the preaching of the Word of God, and we'll do it. So that was a Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning went by, Tuesday night went by, Wednesday morning went by, Wednesday night went by, and, and during all those services, sure enough, the preacher preached something that reinforced in my heart that we should be missionaries to the land of Italy. Then Thursday morning rolled around, and uh, uh, a Greek pastor friend of mine up from, uh, from Canada came down to preach, and uh, he's preaching along, and you know, he's not saying anything that's you know, really pricking my heart about Italy. I'm like, all right, good, I'm off the hook, you know? And uh, so then sure enough, he's preaching, and then he says, turn to Romans chapter 10, uh, and we're going to talk about Cornelius of the Italian band. And I was like, oh, okay, Lord. So Thursday morning, then Thursday night, and by Thursday night, I knew that God wanted us to be missionaries to Italy. Driving home in the car Friday night after the meeting, I looked at my wife, and I said, dear, I believe God would have us to be missionaries to Italy. She looked at me, and she said, dear, I believe God would have us to be missionaries to Italy, too. God was speaking to her heart, even as you was speaking to my heart. Folks, it's a great thing when husband and wife are on the same page, let me tell you. 
So all these years, we've endeavored to get to the land of Sicily. We've been there three times on mission trips, but we hadn't raised enough support to get there full time. And, and, uh, but we got called in 2009. We're gearing up for deputation. We're gearing up for our survey trip. And uh, January 2010, I went, went to my doctor for my annual physical. I had been bleeding a little bit. I really didn't think much of it. And if you want details, I'll tell you later. But so the doctor said, how are you doing? I said, doc, I'm doing fine. I feel great, except, you know, there's this little issue with blood. I don't know what it is. You could check me out. That would be very helpful. So he checked me out and he said, oh, yeah. He's like, okay. He's like, there's something there that ought not to be there. You need to go to the specialist and get checked out. I said, okay, let's do that because I got to go to Sicily. So let's get this taken care of. So uh, I went to the specialist. I had an examination done. Uh, sure enough, they found a growth there that shouldn't have been there. And he said, okay, we got to take some of this out. We got to send it for biopsy. You know, we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. So a couple weeks went by, and uh, finally the, the specialist called me up and said, listen, you need to go see this surgeon. I'm thinking, uh oh, surgeon. So I go to the surgeon, I sit down in the surgeon's office. He says, Mr. Fradlone, he said, okay. He said, the, 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 the mass came back as cancerous. He's like, you need, you need to have surgery. He said, then you may need to have chemotherapy and radiation afterwards. So I walked out of the office, my knees were, were kind of weak and drove home right not far, a couple miles home to my wife and I walked in the door, my wife, ma'am, when she was sitting on the couch, kind of like you were right now, I walked through the back door and I said to her, I said, I have news. I said, I got cancer, I gotta have surgery, I get this tumor taken out. Don't you know she looked at me? And she said, it's gonna be okay because God has called us to the mission field. What am I talking about, folks? I'm talking about if you say you love your master, then your master, who is Jesus Christ, has every right to test that love. So God, right at the beginning of this journey we're taking, right at the beginning, he allowed me to go through a physical trial. I was telling the folks last night, it was a test of our faith. Will you continue on even if I do this to you? You say, God would do that in the perfect will of God? God would do that to you? I've had, I had so many folks back then, you know what they said to me? Oh, the devil doesn't want you to go. It's the devil. The devil doesn't do anything that God doesn't allow him to do. Just put that in your box and keep it, okay? The devil doesn't do anything. So whether, whether it was the devil or not, we, I'm not going to give him any credit. God did it, and he allowed it because he owns us, and he can do whatever he wants to test our love for him. Will you continue on in, your God, in God's will for your life, even if, he, even if he allows you to get sick? Will you continue on with what God wants from you in life, even if tragedy comes? Will you continue on for what God wants you to do, whatever it may be, if he brings heartache and sorrow into your life? Because you need to realize this morning, if you don't, the master has the right to test your Amen? If you say you love your master, there will be the confession of love. If you say you love your master, there will be the test of love. If you say that you love your master, number three, there will be the temptation of love. Verse number five, again, if the servant shall plainly say, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I will not go out free. Then his master shall bring him unto the judges, 
he shall also bring him to the door. He brought him to the judges to confirm his commitment and love to the master. Then he brings him to the door. Well, folks, real simple. Got a door right there. You got some doors right there. Doors go in and doors go out. Say, what are you trying to say, Brother Brian? I'm trying to say this. There's always a door open somewhere. There's always a jumping off place, folks. There's always a place to quit on God. There's always a place to walk out on God. Amen. But the question is, if you say you love your master, what are you going to do when you come to the door? Many quitting places. You know, you recall that time in the scriptures in the New Testament where, you know, the Lord is uh, given his dissertation on, on the bread of life. And he says, except you uh, eat, my, eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part of me. And the Bible says many of his disciples, he said, this is a hard saying, and many of his disciples walk with him no longer, and they, they took off on him. And then Jesus Christ turned to the, his 12 disciples, and he said, will you also go away? And what did Peter say? Peter said, basically, where are we going to go, Lord? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Folks, once you get born again, once you get saved, once you get to know him, everything else is second, third, and fourth best. When times get tough, where are you going to go? I'm, I'm ruined for the world, folks. I don't know about you. I'm, I'm ruined for it. And uh, he, he tested our faith, and we said, Lord, we're sticking with you. And, uh, but there's always a door. You have the option to leave if you want to. One time, the, the scribes and Pharisees, they came to the Lord Jesus Christ, and you know they asked him questions, but they never asked him a question because they wanted to answer. They asked him a question because they wanted to trip him up in his words and say, aha, you see, he's not from God. He is a liar. He's not saying the right thing. And so that's why they asked him questions. But they gave him this, you know, this whole scenario of, of you know, divorce and and, you know, divorcing someone for any cause. And, folks, that's what happens today, you know, the divorce rate, just to get off on a small tangent. People get divorced for any cause. Well, it's the same thing being born again by the grace of God, being saved. Listen, are you going to walk out on the Lord for any cause? It's like a marriage relationship. You, made, you vowed a vow to him. You said you loved him. Maybe you did it at an altar just like you did with your spouse. When times get tough, what are you going to say? Oh, I'm done. I quit. I'm out, Lord. But the Lord said it ought not to happen for any cause. And then he qualified. He said, save for reasons of fornication, and we won't get into all the doctrinal applications there because we're not talking about that right now. Just the illustration, though. Will you leave the Lord for any cause? Will you walk out the door for any cause? I pray not this morning. If you say you love your master, there'll be the confession of love, there'll be the test of love, there'll be the temptation of love, and then, fourthly, there'll be the pain of love. Verse number six, Then his master shall bring him unto the judges, he shall also bring him to the door, or unto the doorpost, and his master shall bore his ear through with an awl, and he shall serve him forever. So the master brings him to the door. And because of that commitment that the, the servant makes to the master, the master says, okay, you say you're mine, I'm going to mark you. 
I'm going to put a mark on you so that everybody knows that you're mine. The Bible says about you and I, it's not a mark that you can see, but the Bible says about you and I that we're sealed with the Holy Ghost until the day of redemption. So inside of us, somehow, somewhere, is the Holy Spirit of God that only God can see. And you know what he says? That's my mark that you're mine. And that master brought that servant over to the doorpost. And I don't know, I don't know how, he, how he did it, but even the action of pulling out that earlobe and sticking that thing on there and then wham, boring it through it all. It doesn't even say he like, he stuck it. It says he bore it. So to me, sticking that thing in there and mm, mm, mm. Now, I, I never got my ears pierced. I don't plan on it. But ladies, I imagine it's a painful thing. I imagine how much more painful it would be if somebody bore it in there. I don't know how they do it. But in any case, the master caused him pain is what I'm trying to get at. And the servant willingly submitted himself to the pain that the master caused because he loved the master. So my question to us this morning is, will we let, will you let the Lord cause you pain? You say, the Lord would cause me pain? We got through the cancer ordeal. Back to that. I'm, I'm, I'm clean now. Praise the Lord. Never had any recurrence. Praise God. He got us through that. My wife and I were never able to have children of our own. And so the Lord gave us peace about, about adopting our beautiful children once again. And uh, I'll never forget it. We went on our survey trip to Sicily in October of 2011. No children. But we, we got licensed to adopt children with the state of Connecticut. And uh, so we went on our trip. Of course, we always prayed about it. And uh, we came home from our trip, and my friend actually picked us up from the airport, JFK. Never forget, we're driving home that night from JFK in, in the October after our survey trip to Sicily. And I get a phone call. Mr. Fratalone, uh, we, we have a child for you. Now, we just took that as the reward of the Lord for faithfulness, amen? And so this, this 18-month-old boy came into our house. He, folks, let me tell you, he was the joy of our heart. And that 18-year-old boy came into our house, and my wife set up a beautiful nursery for him with a crib, and, and uh, the Lord had blessed us with the presence of this, this boy child, and, and uh, there he was. And so right from an early age, right from the get-go, when he first came into our house, we pray for him. Lord, his name, is, his name wasn't Ethan, but we called him Ethan, and that's his name now. We said, Lord, save Ethan at an early age. Help him to grow up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We pray with him every night, and he got, he got to the place where he'd fold his little 18-month-old hands, and, and that we'd finish praying with him at night, and he'd say, Amen. <laughs> we'd, sing, we'd sing spiritual songs to him. Where's Brother Bill? I don't know where he is, but he did a real good job with those kids this morning. I, I love to have those things he uses to, to lead with the songs. But anyway, we'd pray with him. We'd sing to him. We'd, we'd, we'd beseech the Lord for him. We'd thank God for him. He was in our house five months. And then a lost judge decided that Ethan's dad should get another opportunity to raise him. Folks, I've never lost a child through death, but he might as well have been dead. I remember the day they drove up in the car and they took him out of our house. If it's sorrowful for me, imagine how much more for my wife. He drove, they drove away with him. His dad's a career criminal. He's in and out of jail all the time. Can't get his life together. But the judge gave him another opportunity. 
So there it was. We prayed like Job, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We said, God, if you ever bring them back to us, we'll take them back in a heartbeat. And really in our hearts, never really believe and would ever see them again, to be honest with you. Nine months later, we get, we're still on deputation. We're going to our meetings with sorrow in our hearts. Nine months later, we get a phone call. Mr. Fratalone, yes. Uh, Ethan's dad messed up again. Would you take him back? <laughs> I, said, I said, will we take him back? I said, you don't understand. This is the answer to our prayers. Bring him in. Bring him. My wife never took down the nursery. She couldn't bring herself to do it. And... Uh, he came in that night, I'll never forget it, almost two years old, he came in that night, and uh, a little over two years actually, he came in that night, he's holding the social worker's hand, and he walked up to us, and he said, we had a cat, he said, where's the kitty? <laughs> kitty lived in the basement, that's where he kept the kitty, so he goes over to the basement, he says, where's the kitty? Like nine months, he remembers the kitty. We named the kitty Romeo after Rome because we're going to Italy. But he's since died, so he's not going anywhere. So, so, and then he walked up to my wife, and before he left us, he'd already started calling us mommy and daddy. He walked up to my wife and he called her mommy. Mommy. He didn't call me daddy until day number two, but that's okay. Folks, what am I trying to say? I'm talking about the pains of love. If you say you love your master, will you allow him to cause you pain? You say, what do you mean will you allow him? I'm talking about if pain and heartache comes into your life. I'm talking about will you give God enough credit that he knows what he's doing? Will you give God enough credit that he's allowed to do what he wants to do because he owns us? Will you embrace and accept the heartache? that he brings into your life. You say, I don't think that's right. Listen to me. All you have, any of you that have ever had children, my son is seven years old. My son does wrong, and he needs to be straightened out and be set on the right path. You know what I have to do sometimes? I have to hurt him to help him. Let's grow up, folks. A lot of you folks in here are older than me, but I, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Let's grow up and give God his due. You want revival this week? You want revival this, this month? You want revival this year? You want revival till God takes you home to heaven? Let him do what he wants to do with you. If you say you love your master, there's the confession of love. There's the test of love. There's the temptation of love. There's the pains in love. And might I add this? When that master bored that ear through that, that doorpost, I'll guarantee you a bloody spot was left on that, that building. And I guarantee you every time that master walked by that spot, you know what? He thought about that servant. He thought about that mark. Can I ask you this? If you were to leave this building and leave this church for whatever reason, good, good, or good bad, indifferent, Whatever it is, if you were to leave today, would you have left any mark on this church that God could say, well done, thou good and faithful servant? <clears throat> Lastly, I'd like to talk about this, the endurance of love. 
Exodus chapter 21, verses 5 and 6, If the servant shall plainly say, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I will not go out free. Then his master shall bring him unto the judges. He shall also bring him to the door, unto the doorpost. And his master shall bore his ear through with an awl, and he shall serve him forever. Now wait a minute. We understand by reading that, that the servant serves the master. What if we look at it again and we don't change the words and we just think? He shall, and he shall serve him forever. Folks, there's a transaction that happened here between the master and the servant where the servant is committed and agreed to serve the master forever. But what if we look at it this way? The master serves the servant also forever. I don't know if you think about these things, but you should. You got saved. You told the Lord that you'd be his servant. Maybe you told him you'd be his servant forever. But do you realize this? From eternity past to Calvary to your life right now, your small, little, short life in this world. You know what the master, our good master Jesus Christ is doing? He's serving you. You know what he served me with yesterday? He served me with safe traveling mercies from Pennsylvania, 260 miles to wherever I am now, Pasadena, Maryland. You know what my master did for me yesterday? He allowed me to get up out of bed and take a breath. He provided the air that I breathe. You know what my master did for me yesterday? He allowed me to get in my car with clothes on and spend my whole day wearing clothes and go to bed with some pajamas on. You know what my master did for me yesterday? He provided me a welcome into a church and he provided me a welcome into a home with a, with a roof and a bed and a meal prepared. I know they did it, but they're doing it for, for the Lord. You know what my master did for me? He gave me the opportunity to open up this book to you this morning and try and tell you some things that he said so that you'd be the better for it. So he's, he's serving you this meal this morning. And a million, billion, trillion other things that you don't even think about on a daily basis. And maybe you do, and God bless you. But if you're like me, you're involved in the things of the day, and you're telling the Lord, Lord, I'm trying to serve you with all my heart, and this is what's going on, and this is what's not going on, and I don't see results, and I'm not getting the support, and Lord, how are we going to make it to the next meeting, and, and how am I going to feed my family? And, and you know what? I go to bed, and I wake up the next morning, and my family's safe, and I wake up the next morning, and there's a meal waiting for me, and I wake up the next morning, and there's gas in the tank, and I wake up this next morning, and everybody's healthy, Oh yeah, the master is serving the servant. How is it with you this morning? Have you said you love your master? If you have, there's all these things that come along with it. Give God, give the Lord Jesus Christ his due. Embrace what it is that he allows in your life so that you can grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe we bow our heads for prayer right now.